Welcome to the Burnout Educator. This podcast is a project of Beyond Healing Media, where we value each person's humanity and what life experiences shaped you to be the person you are. This interview-style podcast invites stories from people across the spectrum of the educational system and seeks to see the human inside the role they play. It's our desire that you will see parts of your story and those around you in the interviews that you hear. Welcome to the Burnout Educator. I'm Ryan Savage, and this is our co-host, Olivia Willoughby. Hi, guys. Hey, Olivia. And this is our producer, Bridger Falkenstein. Hello. How are you guys today? It's a great day. It's a great day. It is a great day. Today was cool outside. Mm-hmm. Started cool anyway. So lovely. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. the sun came out. Then the sun came out. It's what you get for October, I guess. Yes. Absolutely. You don't like it? I loved it. Yeah. I don't like the sun, typically. It's just a little rough to you. Yeah. It burns my skin. Hang in there, Bridger. It'll get cold before long. I know it. It's coming. I looked at the radar and it's like 40s. Mm. Well, st- don't ruin my day over here. Yeah, okay. no kidding. Well, <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. Yes. This is such an interesting moment for me, mm. getting started in recording a podcast. And one that uh, I did desire to start a podcast about education, but I didn't think it was after I left my career in education. Mm, yeah. I like to think that I retired. But my letter definitely said resigned. <laughs> <laughs> my letter definitely said resigned. That's amazing. Yes. And then at the end, too, after I left, they, um, they didn't list me in the, the list of people that were leaving at the end of the year. And they, they oh. recognized all the people who had retired. But then ignored. Not the resigned. Not the resigners. Oof. I know. I'm I going know. to buy you a pin after this. Oh, I feel like well, people thanks, usually Olivia. get pins when they resign. <laughs> when they retire? Or when they retire. Yes. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Here's your resignation pin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, gosh. It's red. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So in the premise of this podcast, I am Ryan Savage, the burnout educator. The burnt out educator. The burnt out educator. I, th- I feel like the the is important. Mm-hmm. Yes. I the. agree. Yeah. Agreed. It's not just a podcast for burnt out educators. Uh, you're welcome. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Burnout edu- educators are absolutely welcome. Okay. But, but what so about the others? All the others. Yes. You yes. still want to talk to people that had a good experience? I do. Yeah. I want to talk to anybody in education that's wow. interested in visiting with us. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think that, that's what beautiful. what's beautiful because the people that had a good experience, the people that had a negative experience, and you know what? The people that... Or most of us, us, which is every experience in between. Exactly right. There it is. You got yes. the poles of the spectrum and all the things in between. Mm. Yes. Because I had good experiences and bad experiences. Yes. Most mm. definitely. But Olivia, yourself. Yes. Tell us about where you're currently at in education. Yeah. So um, I am the co-host and I am still in education. I am on my fifth year right now teaching eighth grade art this year. Um, I've taught a few different levels of art and... I love every single day of it, and uh, yeah, I'm at the point where I see it continuing as I build my career and my life. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool to see the way that you talk about your interactions with students, Mm -hmm. because what you believe about kids and the way that you interact with kids is exactly the way that I felt like I interacted with kids Mm -hmm. and had very similar beliefs about what education's about and what we're doing there, and what the what the like really eternal hope is mm-hmm. and what we can achieve in yes. education it's all about the kids the students mm-hmm. whatever age that is even yeah. if they're no longer kids it's about the people in the room learning which is also 
myself mm-hmm. and the other adults in the building. Most definitely. Mm. Every yeah. single human. Mm. They have a purpose and a place. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what we want to discuss on here yeah. and what we want to find. I love that you said human mm. because I feel like that is kind of the foundation by which we we understand what we're yes. like really hoping to do in this podcast is to help people remember their humanity and actually find like true expression of that humanity, not just, well, I'm an educator. And so that's what this means. And this is why I do what I do because mm-hmm. I'm an educator. Yeah. Episode zeros are some of my favorites of all podcasts, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, as the producer, Oh, sorry. I'm Bridger. I think I said yes. that you said you, that already. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm the uh, producer of this podcast. Um, along with, uh, Jamie, uh, who's going to help us mm-hmm. edit. She's one of our, our, uh, podcast editors here at beyond healing media. And what, uh, we're doing right now, I think is so crucial, like to the listener, even though some people like skip episode zero, mm-hmm. which I think is unfortunate, but <laughs> episode Z, yeah, it seriously is. It's mm-hmm. like the breaking down the fourth wall to talk like exactly specifically to the listeners and mm-hmm. say, hello. Welcome to what you're about to hear. Yeah. Thanks for accepting the invitation. Yeah, exactly. Right. And this is our why behind all of it. Yeah, yes, exactly. So while we, mo- we, we may not speak to this directly in each episode or perhaps even at all, and you may not hear like my voice um, or depending on like the organization mm-hmm. of the uh, episodes, it could change, like the listening environment could change. Yeah. But episode zero provides an opportunity for us to kind of like I envision us like going to each person that's listening and handing them like a physical like record and saying like, this is the record that is like the first season mm-hmm. of burnout educator. Mm-hmm. And here's what like is in it. Yeah. Like, right. Here's what's the cover art. Here's like what each track is. Mm-hmm. And here's like how we're hoping you experience it, knowing that you will have your own experience of it. Mm-hmm. But this is our opportunity as like the yes. creators of it to introduce it to you. Right. And I think that's so important. So this episode will have a very different feel from mm-hmm. the other episodes that come after this. And that's intentional. Um, we're going to kind of talk about this from the nuts and bolts perspective of what each episode is and what kind of the heart of the podcast is just as a, mm-hmm. as a creation of beyond healing media. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a ton to go in it. So I'd love if we could just like jump in, jump yeah. right in. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I, th- Go ahead. The whole premise of, of like my desire to start the, the burnout educator and invite, you know, Olivia and Bridger to this space is really to see educators, mm. to see them as the human that they are. Mm-hmm. Because when I was there and what I saw when I was there, I had this experience of, I made a lot of decisions of, I'm not going to pursue that vacation. I'm going to skip that ball game of my kiddos. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work extra hard on parent teacher conference week because I get, because I get, because I get right. And, and I would make these like concessions mm-hmm. of the things that I would, that I felt were either kind of, that felt either good to me or, um, you know, make these concessions on things that I wanted to do or pursue, but found these barriers inside education, whether it was the schedule, whether it was, um, you know, my own kind of expectation of what my, my, you know, professional goals were, or whether mm-hmm. it was, uh, my, uh, you know, just the, the public pressure of what it's like to be teacher, to be principal, yeah. to be, 
um, public servant, mm, you know, yes. all of those things. Um, you know, there were portions of that that felt almost dehumanizing mm. to me that if, if I'm going to find success in that space, then I need to meet this list of criteria, some of which may be compromising to what I either desire or who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that feels overwhelming <laughs> talking yeah. about it. Yes, but it I, does. I saw it all over the place. I yeah, saw, you felt it. I felt it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, that seventh grade girls basketball coach who's giving up all of those hours, like, Dang. that's a lot. They're traveling. Right. Right. Two, three hours on a weeknight. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, a human who has a whole life outside of this. Exactly right. But how often is that seen and heard? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I just want to hear some of those stories. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this podcast, this platform is going to be uh, really interesting to be able to just like see each person for who they are. Yes. And also just invite them into a space to yeah. be able to tell their story. Yeah. I, this is a interview based podcast. Yeah. And so we, I feel like that was in the very earliest idea of this podcast mm-hmm. was you knew you wanted it to be interview based. Yeah. And so I feel like that, you know, I remember when we were all plus, um, Caleb, who is also on, on the team, but when we were all upstairs in Caleb's office mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and kind of talking about the vision for this, we didn't really know exactly what we were going to do interview wise, like who we were going to be talking to right. or why necessarily. But I feel like that part of your mission was there of, I just want to see educators. I want to see people. Yeah. Right. And, and actually, not make up their stories, but allow them to be the ones. Yeah. To share. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so the listener could actually hear mm-hmm. and that we could actually hear yes. from them mm-hmm. what that is. And so I feel um, in the origin of this podcast, it's so interesting to see now where we're at having, you know, we've sent out emails, we've invited mm-hmm. people to, to come onto this podcast. You've had conversations yeah. with people. Phone calls, Zoom meetings. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. And so I'd love to just hear a little bit about like what that process has been like mm-hmm. so far and I guess like what it feels like to be here like right now starting episode zero, we've got like interviews yeah, coming lined up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What's that whole thing been like? I mean, yes, of course, starting with the interview, there's, it's just seeing the people and hearing the stories and the, you know, the correspondence that I've had with those that I've invited to interview is, has really been from a place of story um, of sharing a little bit of my story and what kind of brought me to the, to the place of, um, being comfortable with my story. Mm-hmm. And it came from just the connections that I experienced with some of the people, quite honestly, here at Beyond Healing and just the, the comfort that I experienced and the, um, just kind of validation mm-hmm. of yeah. my experience. And, uh, I've had really great conversations as a result of that. Mm. You know, just that connection through vulnerability has just been, Ugh. um, just a wonderful kind of, uh, invitation so far. And uh, what's been interesting is that the title's a little bit provocative. It, yes, very um, much so. And, you know, in, in kind of being presented with, well, I, I, I I'm still working right. at schools. Um, you know, and also um, my experience was great. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not burnt out. I, I'm not a burnout educator and, you know, welcoming that and just affirming that. Mm-hmm. Of course I, I am so grateful that your experience was one that was so positive for you. Yeah. And there are so many of you. Yes. I want to hear your story. Tell me about it. And 
coming into this space of, no, I really am personifying the burnout educator in this context. And I know that there are lots of educators that will hopefully accept the invitation to see parts of their story in my story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I also know that there's lots of educators out there that I hope can see their parts of their story in all of the stories that we present. Yes. That we invite. Truly the spectrum. Absolutely. In that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, Olivia, for you, what it was like to be invited Mm -hmm. as a current educator. Yes. Somebody who... You know, I don't want to ascribe like where you'd fall on that spectrum. Right. But just to know that that's sort of the scope and like, yeah, what we're actually talking about here. No, I think um, there's definitely a lot of activation that comes with hearing the words like burnt out mm-hmm. and then educator. So wait, hold on. We're talking about to me, my body first is like uh, negativity in relation to my career choice, yeah, you know? Ouch. Yeah, exactly. Ouch. Oh my gosh, Ryan, like we're friends, but that hurts, yeah. you know? Um, and then as we got the chance to discuss more and as mm-hmm. you know, I, Ryan, I hear your story and what you've gone through to find comfort within those mm-hmm. terms. Um, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like this is just about finding what fits in yourself. Mm. And there was that piece of me that was even like, Oh my gosh, like I want to tell people I'm a part of this, but what about like when I send it to my friends at school and yeah. it's called the burnout educator and then they all think that I'm leaving, right. you know, yeah. Like, yeah. what's my or, principal going to do when right, they find out like my principal is going to lose his mind, you yes. know? <laughs> um, and then it was like, that's such a cool an amazing title mm-hmm. to bring out some of the conversations and questions that we want to ask. Yeah. yeah. And gosh, the amount, like I said, of activation within my own self, mm. um, towards just like, Oh, well, don't call me that. Yeah. 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 I don't want to be that labeled like that. Yeah. And don't like, don't put that thought in my head either, you know, yeah. or yeah. what are, are you don't... trying to make me be yeah. that? You Don't know? try to convince me to leave. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then I think that's huge. And that's what, you know, we have episode zero for us yeah. to be like, hey, guys, uh, that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and I have no interest in talking Olivia to leave or talking Olivia into leaving education mm-hmm. or anyone for that matter. I mean, quite frankly, we need humans that see themselves as humans yeah. in those spaces with the, see, our students. That right there, I feel like is the larger, I guess, like purpose behind yes. this podcast is we're talking about a system mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. that is massively influential. Incredibly. Yes. In oh, yes. the makeup of the United States and all larger culture. Yes. I mean, it's not, a, it, it's no small thing what we're actually talking about. We're going to be talking about it from a very like grassroots perspective. Yes. But it very is something. Granular. Yeah. Yeah. But it is something that is made up of all of these individual stories. Yes. And so we're really talking about the large system as well mm-hmm. right. in this whole thing. And so that's why I think the spectrum of burnt out to like thriving. Yes. Is so important to get stories all along that spectrum because that spectrum makes up the Absolutely. atmosphere of the larger system, mm-hmm. which then influences the community, the culture and everything yes. around it. And mm-hmm. the kids. Yes. That spectrum is the direct influence on the culture that the kids walk into every single day. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that to where that's to me where this 
podcast has like so many different, like, uh, I guess desires. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I think if we were to kind of summarize them, it'd be to focus on the educators and to focus on the kids. Yeah. Yes. And so there's a second, like that second portion, the kids, there is a massive like project going on underneath this podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we could talk a little bit about that and then maybe get into how we're going to structure the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Does that feel absolutely good? Okay. So yeah, this, this podcast also has the mission of really kind of interacting directly with kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear from you, Ryan, like how that idea originated and then what it turned into. Yeah. I, you know, thinking about my interactions with students in the classroom as an administrator, uh, at, you know, I taught at a community college for seven years. Um, I had, you know, repeat students from the high school that came and, you know, saw me at the community college and uh, just all those interactions and all those stories that live with them, you know, it's growth in adolescence and in young childhood too, is, is this experience of just like, um, powerlessness and Mm -hmm. insane growth and like a reframe every school year feels like a reframe and Mm -hmm. a new opportunity and, uh, and challenge. Yeah. And there's, they're so open when they connect, when they find a connecting adult to share their story. Yeah. And the opportunity to connect with students in that way, um, you know, when I was in the classroom and in that context was excellent. Yes. But what a great opportunity to present a platform like this for them to get to share their story and experience inside education and out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, uh, what are the things that bring them the, the safety and connection that they can experience inside the classroom? And how is that felt and experienced and remembered? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to that point of like, how amazing it can be for there to be a space between an educator and a student Mm -hmm. to connect when it's actually acknowledged that we're humans, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, like Olivia, you are my life partner. Mm -hmm. And so I am with you every day Mm -hmm. hearing about these things that you're experiencing at school Mm -hmm. and feeling your feelings with you Mm -hmm. as you come home. And just the other night we were talking about a connection that you had. Yeah. One of my uh, students who I actually don't even have this year, mm. um, she comes to see me every Monday in our, you know, advisory homeroom, uh-huh. and uh, she clearly needed to talk about something. And this is, mm. you know, knowing this this student for a year and a half, and this is the first time that really, you know, she's feeling willing and open to opening up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that I have work to invite and invite and invite because gosh, the things she has to share and to offer and, you know, just one of those where you feel that connection and you just want to be there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is such a like tangible experience for so many educators. Yes. Where outside of classroom hours, Mm -hmm. these opportunities emerge in which you can connect and actually hear the humanness of your students and show them your humanness Mm -hmm. as the educator. Mm -hmm. But that, that is really such a familiar common, like just way that it is for so many educators that I feel like other people don't really know about Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that. It's, it's in the in-between moments. Yes. 
that so many connections are actually made possible. Right. Yes. And I think that's where, I mean, my mind automatically goes to the interviews that we will have and that we will commit to and um, the scenarios that come about in the mm-hmm. classroom and in the school building. And gosh, if I could spend my day yeah. just speaking and being a human to these students, I mean, part of part of why I chose art and why I you know, do that and how I create my classroom is to make space as often as possible to say, Hey, we're creating and we're doing, you know, what we need to do. Mm -hmm. But what's more important is let's talk about just who you are. Right. And you do that because that's in your job title, right? The the second part. Yeah. (laughs) I do that because that's in my heart and soul and being. Yeah. So right there, we have this strange, like, coming through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into the role you're playing, your humanness. Yes. And that right there, I, I don't know. Like, for me, that's just so beautiful to know exists. Yes. And is something that I would imagine can feel somewhat, like, confronting to people in, a, in the educator role of, like, whoa. This kid is like needing me to be more than just mm-hmm. the math teacher, more mm-hmm. than just the art teacher. Yeah. This kid is clearly needing something yeah. that. Hold on. We're putting techniques and knowledge about a specific subject matter aside to talk about what's happening, what you had to go through this morning before mm-hmm. you got to school. Right. And I feel like that right there is something that some people would say, absolutely, we're doing that. And mm-hmm. some people would say, no, that's why we have counselors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shut this down and redirect. Right. And mm-hmm. you need to go talk to this person, not mm-hmm. me. Which I think, Bridger, that brings to me uh, the idea that I would love for us to kind of touch on um, in the vocabulary that we will be using throughout mm-hmm. all of our episodes. Yeah. Um, right now we've been speaking pretty explicitly to humanness, um, but the idea of subjectivity versus yeah. objectivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Subjectivity is our way of talking about the humanness that yes. we've yeah. been alluding uh-huh. to. Yeah. So in, um, and that's a concept from like philosophy and from psychotherapy, yeah. um, the difference between object and subject mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the concept of intersubjectivity, which is when, if we're using layman's terms, like two humans meet, mm-hmm. it's a way of talking about what happens in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's larger than just, Oh yeah, this person had this conversation with this person. Here's what was said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that is just a black and white kind of reading mm-hmm. of what's actually happening. The in depths. All of, yes. In all of the feelings, in all of the things that went unsaid, quote unquote, mm-hmm. unverbalized or unarticulated. Um, in, you know, just one easy way of looking at it is like, Olivia, for you, you're in your classroom at that moment when this kid was getting ready to come in. You're mm-hmm. in your classroom as an educator Mm -hmm. you're in your classroom like that's yours because it's on like your job description to have this room and to carry out these roles in this room and you can use it for you know planning and putting Mm -hmm. together curriculum for the next day or whatever but then there's somebody that came into your room not to see you as the educator Mm -hmm. which the educator would be the objective role right and to use those words so somebody came to your room not for your object, right? but for your subject. 
and in my mm. mind, I get this image of um, me doing like the robot and just saying like, hi, I am Miss Willoughby. <laughs> I am teacher. We do work now. We do art. Yeah. Like I only tell truth and definitions, you know, sometimes <laughs> like, jokes. Yeah. Sometimes jokes. You will laugh. Ha ha ha. You know, <laughs> like that is how I see object. Yes. <laughs> and then, um, you know, the image for me as subject is honestly, it's kind of funny how you speak about like you're in your classroom, you're doing this and that, like that is how I see subject because sometimes kids walk into my classroom and I'm standing on the table. Right. And they want to know why. And the answer is because I like this song and we were just all like having a good time. And I just wanted to stand up here and sing to you. Yeah. You know? Yes. And so you found a place for your subjectivity yes. in mm-hmm. this like objective world. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think that uh, the moment I want to zoom in on is what, and if it feels okay to talk about this, but yeah. like what it felt for you seeing that student, mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. it actually felt like to see them approach. Mm-hmm. That right there is the intersubjective space. Yes. Yeah. The feeling that emerges when you see somebody bidding for more than objectivity. Mm-hmm. When you see, hey, I'm like showing up not as a student right now. Right. Mm-hmm. I need you. And and I think that's how it feels. And, and also um, often how it needs to come across from my subjectivity mm-hmm. to this student of I can see you and I see who you are at the depths of who you are and Mm. so I know that you're scared because you think I'm just teacher yeah so let me show you how to see me yeah in the way of just a totally different connection of us sitting behind my desk together and making eye contact and hey I've noticed things have been heavy Mm-hmm. I hate when I feel like that. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you can talk to me about those things anytime. Yeah. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm like always here and you have to move around, but I'm literally always here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, this is a bit of a preface to a question I want to ask you, Ryan, yes. about what she's talking about. So mm-hmm. hold what she's talking about, but I have to preface this a little bit because for me, you know, my background is as a therapist, but then as also a counselor educator, like that's my doctoral degree path is in counselor education and supervision. Mm-hmm. This way of talking right now is provocative to therapists hmm. and to even counselor educators, especially counselor educators. It's a weird way of talking. Like when I start talking mm-hmm. this way in those circles, it still gets this like, well, like this is, you know, like we're educators, we're instructors. Mm-hmm. We still have to have those boundaries and then keep your name tag on. Yeah, exactly. And we have objective and subjective assessments. Mm-hmm. We have like, those are already established kind of things. Yes. So if it's, if it's provocative for me to talk this way as a therapist, yes. as a trainer, like I talk this way and therapists all the time are just like, well, what about boundaries? And what about this? Yes. I can only imagine <laughs> what it's like for public educators Yes. To start hearing this way of talking, like what you just said. Mm -hmm. So I say all of that to ask you, Ryan, as like, if you can go back in time as like the admin. Yes. What is it like to hear one of your educators talking like that? Well, I have, uh, you know, for those of you on YouTube can definitely see the grin that's been on my face since Bridger started talking. But (laughs) if you're just listening audibly, no, you can't see the grin uh, because I love the conflict that you're describing. Yes. Mm -hmm. It is 
something that um, is right at the core of why I do this. Like, why I do this yes, podcast? That's what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Absolutely. I'm just going to use old language. I'm just going to go back to, to the old, old role. I was going right. to say, are you telling this from Ryan before resignation or from the Ryan that I've known? Okay, so I'm going to answer the question as old Ryan. Okay. And old Ryan classified that as good educators who utilize the relationship as a means to an end, right? Now that student is going to be far more successful, likely. It's going to be way more likely to be successful academically because they know that they have a trusted relationship with an adult in the building, mm-hmm. right? There, there is research that supports that. Mm-hmm. We hear that in education courses and getting, you know, getting prepared to be an educator. And so this means to an end philosophy is one that I did adopt as, as administrator. Right. So the relationship was itself only to secure more securely, quote unquote, the end. Yeah. Which yeah. is to they- support academic achievement. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it does that in lots of contexts, you know, I mean, it, it, it is true that the trusted adult that is supportive to the academic achievement of the individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes the relationship and that connection that's experienced can just be an end, mm-hmm. right? Can just be an objective. It doesn't have to be the thing or the conduit that we utilize or something that we leverage to try and achieve more. And is that the new Ryan? That's new Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I felt the shift. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. I, I just imagine the reason I asked that question is because I just imagine like all of these concepts of like virtual others in my head mm-hmm. of educators that I know and then even like educators that I've been under as a student mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. of, you know, counseling education has a weird mix of like counseling theory, psychotherapy theory classes, and then education theory classes mm-hmm. and pedagogy and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. I've got this like weird mix. Um, but of like what you just said, Olivia, like, well, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. Like that's not in, you can't mm-hmm. like label that as all educators should do that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like there's right. all of these, what I conceptualize as a fear driven kind of perspective. Yes. Like, don't put that on me. Like if mm-hmm. you want to do that and like, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And you maybe have some weird like motives or I don't know. I feel right. people could get like really uncomfortable. Yeah. You yeah. can do that. But also like, I'm going to kind of mention it to people around to make sure that they feel that it's okay. Yes. Before I accept it because it feels weird. So mm-hmm. do you actually like for real honest question, mm-hmm. do you actually feel that that happens? Um, You know, I feel that in the school that I'm presently at, it's so overwhelmingly just educators that are so similar to to me. So that's like the norm more so than like Uh the exception. However, in places that I've been, as well as um, other areas, other schools, oh, 100%. I mean, I think that, you know, I get a lot of the, um, well, that's, you know, you're just kind of wild. Right. You know, I get that all the time. Or you're really funny. Yeah. Oh, you're, you are really funny. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, "Mm, I am not trying to be that way. That's an interesting choice. You know, I feel a little bit sometimes spoken to as if, um, oh, well it's because you're the art teacher. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're always just, yeah, a little weird. Kind of out there. Yeah. Yeah. But like, because I teach fill in the core subject, math, English, science, I have to be more straightforward 
and I'm going to wow. handle it this way. Look yes. at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have um, experienced that from just a, a wide array right. of places. Yeah. So when we're talking about subject object here, like those ways of talking to you are objectifying. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, like, yeah. you just do this because of this, and I can't do that because of this. Mm-hmm. That's an objectifying agenda, mm-hmm. like the way that we'll talk about this in the podcast. Whereas, really, your intention was not to change objects and be something else, but to be subject. Right. Yeah. To introduce your true humanity mm-hmm. into the objective role of educator. Right. You were saying, oh, no, I'm Olivia. Mm-hmm. That's why I do this. Right. Not because I'm an educator. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's the... um it actually kind of blows my mind when I do see it mm-hmm. because um, both Bridger, Ryan, both of you have heard me say this, like I can't be mm-hmm. an object well. Mm-hmm. Like even if somebody was to ask me to, like, oh gosh, <laughs> like, you're going to see it all over my face, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, and I think that that has a piece of it because none of these people, people have ever seen me as object yeah like Mm. we're in a meeting that's important and i'm still being myself (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's like oh maybe that's you know oftentimes even in my own mind like oh it was is that inappropriate this time and it's like well i'm feeling it so i guess no just gonna own it you know like i can't lie about that Mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna sit here and be quiet (laughs) and not fidget because Mm -hmm. i can't i'm feeling things okay yeah Yeah. I think, you know, my kind of understanding of subjectivity has grown and changed and morphed a lot since coming in contact with Beyond Healing, for sure. Uh, And like coming in in big ways and little ways. But to me, subjectivity is like the the sum total of of all of our experience in a moment. Yes. Right? Like what our body is feeling, hot, cold, sweaty, clammy, mm-hmm. hungry, dry. tired. Yes. Mm-hmm. All of those things, all of those things that can be very conscious and then include all of the things that we're unconscious about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. What is our heart rate doing? What are we anticipating that's outside this door right now? Where's my breath at? Yes. Yeah. All of those things that, you know, the sum total of all of those things makes up my subjectivity, you know, including mm-hmm. my thoughts, including my emotions, including what I'm physically feeling. Yes. All yes. of those things. And, and sorry. And inner subjectivity to me is like the thing that, defi- that like puts language to the old adage of like the sum is greater than the parts. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. The three of us get together and create something that we could not create on our own. Mm-hmm. No, nope. yeah. nor with other, like two other humans. I right. couldn't create the space that exactly the three right. of us are in right now. And yes. the, yeah, the fact of the matter is with a different male sitting in your seat, mm-hmm. Bridger, it's still going to be, different because be different. that is a different yeah. human altogether even yeah. if it's like caleb yes who is right. on the surface like and many people say this we're very alike yeah mm-hmm. we're also very different yes. yes and the space that we create is very different mm-hmm. and i feel like for it well in, in so many ways like i think about the the trainings that we do uh at beyond healing like one of the things that i say in that training is that every moment you're meeting every experience that I've ever had. Yes. Mm. When you're seeing me, like you may not directly know it Mm -hmm. and I may not directly name it, but you just because of the way human beings are, you are meeting every moment I've ever been in. Yes. That is subjectivity. That is beautiful. And it's overwhelming to hear Right. Just this like, (laughs) just this context right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's overwhelming to consider. Yeah. I think it Mm -hmm. honestly 
needs just time because even, I mean, I've been using this language since coming in contact with you, Bridger and, and beyond healing. And even now I'm like hearing you say those words yeah. every moment. Will you say them again? Yeah. Every moment I've ever experienced your meeting now. Gosh, that to really understand, I just need to sit with. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we talk about it yes. for three days in one training, yeah. three days in another training, five days in another training. Yeah. Like we talk about it all throughout because it is so, it, it feels like preposterous mm-hmm. on the face of it. Right. But then when you start paying attention to the ways that we understand the human being to emerge throughout mm-hmm. their lifetime, you are different after every experience you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You notice yeah. after the big ones, we call those mm-hmm. like really influential events or potentially trauma. Right. You notice that you're different after that, but you're different after you go into one room than you are to another. Yeah. Like there are tons of studies out there that look at mm-hmm. your skin valence has changed. Your breath rate has changed. Your thoughts have changed. Mm-hmm. Your diet has changed. Like mm-hmm. all of these things change just from going from one room, 10 feet to another room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's language. Actually, I don't think I know there's language in education that oh. defines this. And I know I, I saw it blatantly on its face in the way that you're describing it when talking about students with high ACE scores, right? Oh, yeah. In trauma-informed oh, yeah. schools, right? And it's a, it's a construct that's accepted in that, like that level of traumatized student. It's mm-hmm. one that, that's accepted. Like they, when you raise your voice, it might be tying back to yeah, triggering, them. triggering the abuser that was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And, um, or maybe triggering the, the, the situation of the abuser that they go home to or, right. or whatever the case may be. I think there is language that exists in that space. Recognition. Recognition that it exists in some cases. Yeah. But the generalization to this experience that it all is universal mm-hmm. in the human experience is one that is so freeing to me mm-hmm. because it gives me space. To, yes. to offer myself grace and the other humans around me some grace. Yes. That maybe we're all just this, maybe we're all humans. Yes. Right? Maybe. And maybe. Maybe. It's yes. The, the topic of subjectivity is one that, I mean, I think we could talk for hours and hours on. Um, I, I know we could. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I believe we have. <laughs> I was just going to say we have, yeah. <laughs> but, um, what it brings to mind as you're saying that Ryan, uh, is this idea of, um, the way we try to label it still. Mm -hmm. Um, but the understanding that it gives me to know when I offer my subjectivity or when I try to look at one of my kids yeah. through the lens of their subjectivity, even when they are hiding it with an object yeah. and being able to say that kid that just threw a pencil across my room and mm-hmm. screen screamed a cuss word. What happened within their life today? And instead of this, like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe da 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 in mm-hmm. anger because wow, I didn't see that coming. It's this understanding of, Whoa, you have a whole life mm-hmm. before and after each time you see me and enter yes. my classroom. Yes. 
And instead of getting all upset in myself because you just interrupted a whole lesson, right. can I look at this at a, as a way of, okay, we need to clearly adjust things and have a discussion on that and, you know, follow protocols within mm-hmm. a, a community like that. But yeah, I can look at that kid and say, I'm, I don't know mm-hmm. everything that you've gone through. Yeah. Yeah. So what if that influenced our posture, mm-hmm. the way in which we actually met them mm-hmm. and invited connection? Yeah. yeah. That to me is really like what we're hoping to get out of this podcast Mm -hmm. in every interview that we do, every conversation that we have. And the way that we're going to do that is through a series of like kind of pre-prepared questions. Yeah. And so I'd love for us to just be able to talk about those questions Mm -hmm. with a couple like kind of goals in that one to give the listeners sort of an idea of what to expect from interviews. Mm -hmm. But then also I think it's great to hear some of the backstory of why we chose these questions and Mm -hmm. not others you know, these aren't rigid in that we're going to read them verbatim every single like interview, but at the same time, um, they are very, uh, instrumental in the way we're hoping to Mm -hmm. kind of pull out information. Yeah. I think, you know, this idea of, of being able to invite an educator to a space and then hope to be able to see them through these questions, um, is someone that's very intriguing and super exciting to me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, uh, grateful for you listener to get the heads up and you know what's being communicated to the people that are being invited to come and interview. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And you know, some of these are, are a little bit just on their face like this one. Why did you choose, choose education? I, I anticipate we'll hear a lot about why well, I just really enjoy working with kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that's an answer that I've heard many, many times before. And one that I would give also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, are you, did you meet that objective? Yeah. I think is an interesting follow-up question to that first one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I think there will be, I, yeah, I think there will be a diversity of answers to that first one. There definitely one. will. And I, I am so glad that we have the second one yes. as an opportunity to like, just talk about, I mean, it's kind of provocative to us in the language. Like we've planted a word in there. Mm-hmm. Object. Yes. 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 And that kind of starts to pull at, the role performance component of education Absolutely. and what, what cost we're willing to endure mm-hmm. to sacrifice our subjectivity to meet that objective. Yes. And I think a beautiful goal of these first two questions um, is to help us find a space with the, whoever we're interviewing um, to kind of, start to introduce them to the subjectivity we hope to find within them. Mm -hmm. And that's what really intrigues me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to see the array of answers that we get from people who come in and they share this story and they're like, yeah, this is, you know, and they're giving us everything versus the people who, you know, feel that they're not quite safe and ready within this space and give that short, you know, well, I enjoy working with kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, even if that is who they are and why, like stopping it there and not saying, and let me tell you about more. Yeah. Right. And that's what I hope then the questions that follow will pull out of those people in a way to help them know that we just want to see them Mm -hmm. and help them feel like it's okay to be a subject. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I love that leading into like the third question of education. Like, is it a career? Is it a job? Is it a joy? And could it be all of them? And how does that change Mm -hmm. over time? What's Mm -hmm. the story behind that question? Like, what are you hoping to really get out of that question? You know, working with people for a long time, you see change, Mm -hmm. right? In the same way that we were just describing, um, every time you meet someone and meet meaning like walk past them or have conversation with them. Yeah. Every time you come together and connect with someone, you're meeting all of the previous experiences that they've had in their life. That includes the one that happened an hour ago and a day ago and a week ago. And so watching that morph for people over the, over a career is always something that's been intriguing to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and watching the different strategies that people employ, yeah. um, you know, to throughout their career, you know, and I don't know, it's, mm-hmm. I had a conversation, we had a conversation with somebody who was preparing to send their kiddo to school, mm-hmm. uh, to school to be a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, made that statement of like, write down how you feel right now. And then in five years, come back and read it. Right. It's like, why, what does that say? And what are you hoping to give your daughter before she goes into education? What are you either trying to buffer her from, or what are you trying to prepare her for? Or, you know, but that's a, that's an experience that I think would resonate with a lot of educators if they were sending their children in to a career in education. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't lose what you have right out, you know, right before you get started. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on to the excitement and the passion, the commitment. Yes. Hold on to that. And I felt like when she said that, I felt in her like this because your experiences will challenge that. Mm. Yes. Is what yeah. I felt mm-hmm. in the way that she was talking. Yeah. Yes. You're shaking. Your I would head. agree with yes. that. Yeah, yeah. It's such a desire for her to protect that in her daughter. Absolutely. To say, like, your passion is so good. Yeah. And so pure. Mm -hmm. Just know that struggle is coming. Yes. Right. I actually, gosh, I was having a conversation with someone today, and they shared um, a a quote that somebody else had told them previously, Mm -hmm. and they were like, you know, it saddens me, but I also find truth within what a previous friend has told me, which is the good ones either end up jaded or they leave. Mm. And we sat with that for a while because there are days that you respond to that with, yep, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there are days where you are like, gosh, who said that? And what have they gone through within the system? Mm-hmm. And what was their day like when they chose to make that statement? Yeah. Um, and you guys speaking about, you know, like write that down and read that in five years. Well, how about we talk to people and just allow them to feel rather than preparing them for it's going to, you're going to have those tough times. Mm-hmm. Like how come it always seems to bounce into a negative space? Yeah. I just from a like theoretical perspective, I think the answer to that question starts with this war between objectivity and subjectivity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That to me is like the reason why you, <laughs> if there wasn't that war, mm-hmm. 
a comment like that would not be made to their daughter. Absolutely. If yeah. there wasn't the war between, if you could just go in and take that passion and just watch it change lives. Yes. There'd be no reason to say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There'd be no reason for that quote to be involved in education. Mm-hmm. But it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that to me says that there's conflict. Yes. There is conflict going on interpersonally between the profession and what it expects and those that choose to apply. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is what we need to be talking about. Yeah. And the conflict to me shows up in like super altruistic spaces, which mm-hmm. makes it even more challenging, I think, mm-hmm. to try and navigate because the goal, as I understand it, of education is really to provide, you know, opportunity mm-hmm. and equal opportunity to all students. Yeah. So that they can have the tools, resources, understanding and knowledge to be able to do the things that they want to do. Like what a valiant effort. Yeah. And where the challenge comes is how do we treat the people who are trying to carry that out and how do they treat themselves and what expectations do they have for themselves and their colleagues? And, um, you know, and one of the questions, the next question is how do you navigate the persistent conflict of impossible expectations, Mm -hmm. care for the kids, meet the state standards, great proficiency on standardized assessments. Yeah. That right there is the conflict. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Those all have, are are a means to get to the end of, of a very altruistic desire. Yeah. We want informed and educated citizens to go on and create global societies. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but. I cannot stop. <laughs> At what cost? Yes. Yes. At what you cannot cost? stop what? I just, I can't stop with the image of me as a robot and me as a, yes. who I am. Yeah. I mean, it that is my internal conflict, which I think people, I mean, all feel. And I just, I have this constant image of, you know, how do you navigate the persistent conflict? Well, sometimes I try to forget about it. Mm-hmm. And other mm-hmm. times... I shut my door. Yeah. Yeah. And isolate. I, yeah. And I do what I know yeah, and you, I believe is what should be done. Mm-hmm. You create your own space. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, how and where are all of these expectations coming from? Yeah. What an interesting question. Yeah. Ryan, I would love yes. for you to speak to <laughs> those of you not on like, YouTube, but you just yes. head back, <laughs> eyes up. I mean, yeah, uh, I feel like we don't have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? I know. I'm sorry. We do have enough time. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> you know, I mean, the, like my quick experience of that is I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it, it feels like the perpetual objectification from the layers and of the hierarchy that exists and. You know, I was in college in the years of, thanks, just, to, thanks to the smile. Project. I'm just jacked right yes. now. I think, you know, I was in college during the years of No Child Left Behind. And if you're not familiar with that, in 2014. I'm when, intimately one, familiar with that yes. as a student. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember the changes. Yeah. <laughs> well, by 2014, 100% of students in the entire United States would score essentially, you know, advanced or proficient on the state standards for 100% of the assessments that they took. Oh, that's yeah. pretty objectifying. Oh, <laughs> you mean all students? 100% was the number by 2014. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, it's this, um, 
one, it's creating this objective measure that says that this is the thing that means that we've met the objective that we were talking about before of yeah. creating, you know, well-informed citizens. Well, yeah. And I feel like if we could just slow down on that right there, cause I feel like that goal, like you said, super altruistic, it's not based on like, because then I'll get more money. Mm-hmm. It's not on its face, like bad. No, no. Uh, you're telling me a hundred percent of our students could meet a state standard. Yeah, rock on. That's crazy. Yes. What's your strategy? Like, how are you going to do that? Yeah. Like that. If you were to tell me that, my initial reaction would be like, "That's incredible." Right. Mm-hmm. What a world we would live in if a hundred percent of students could be performing at this level. Mm-hmm. Like, what a society we would have. Competitive in the global market, producing amazing products, like carrying on innovation that could save the world. And it's crazy because I'm just sitting over here seething. No, I truly feel. (laughs) No, I know. But even (laughs) even in you being like, I mean, on its face, and Uh I'm like, because I'm just sitting here like, oh yeah, because their test scores matter, right? And oh, I'm just. It's like can we get something happening where it's about the growth right. of yeah. learners? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do have a difficulty in the Western society with this thing called the enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really just plagued our philosophy, but that I feel like that's a different podcast, but yes. <laughs> I would love to talk about well, that. And anytime, that's where but I, I said, I don't feel like we have enough time because where that was coming from was I feel the desire to do an entire season on the questions that we're describing right now. Rock and so on. in my, I feel like we could talk to some amazing people about that though. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see the subjectivity of those people oh. because I will tell you that I, uh, I othered and objectified the hell out of some of those people. I will yeah. tell you that I yeah. currently do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not fair. It's not, it's fair. not, but it's hard. It's this experience of when, when that is communicated in the formal documents that it's communicated in, and then it's handed down to the to the workers to go and do. Like it's so hard not to feel that objectification. Oh my gosh! And then also like return the favor. Yep. You know, object and, to object. Yes. 100%. And percent. Um, and just not. Mm. Yeah. So in short, that's what you're hoping to get out of that question. That's going to be a great one. It's yes. going to be a great one. Oh, will yeah. it take us places? Yes. Yeah. And then this last question. Yes, this is it, one of your questions, Brittany. Yes. Yes. This is something that it right away, when I started to hear the initial kind of plot and scope of this podcast, I was like, I'm going to ask this question because I feel so much like compassion and also like curiosity and my brain which is very oriented towards like problem solving, like at the deep, like systemic level. Yeah. My brain works on this type of questions mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. How, you know, what, I'll just read it. What was, or is it like to work in a system to be a member, like continuing to keep the lights on in this thing yeah, and perpetuating it in mm-hmm. so many ways that is perpetually labeled as broken who or what is the problem? Who or what is the solution? Yes. And I asked that question to you, and then I asked that mm-hmm. question to you, mm-hmm. Olivia. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, what your experience of that question was like from me, and then what's it like now to think about, like, including it as an outline in our yes in our podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love for you to go first. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> Hi, Olivia. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Bridger, when you originally asked me this question, uh, the anger that I felt is still mm-hmm. very real within my soul. Yes. Um, and oh gosh, I have so many. I have so many answers. Okay. Um, my own feelings and response is just so filled with this like. Oh, you're going to tell me mm-hmm. that I'm working for something that's broken? That's cool. Send your kids to me, okay? Yeah. Like, I will teach them <laughs> yes. because you're not even doing a great enough job. So, like, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. Like, just all of this, like, oh, straight yes. up raw anger. Poison. Let me yes. just shoot some poison at you. Yeah. yeah. Like, let me tell you the yes. things that I do. I fed your kid today because mm-hmm. I keep foods, food and snacks in my desk. Like, yeah. But it's broken, you know? Right. And then right. on that yeah. same you know, token, I'm like, yeah, I talk about that a lot. It Mm -hmm. is broken because I will be part of the answer to fixing it. Yes. And that leads me again down so many roads of, but I'm only one. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, so I guess I won't fix the whole thing. Um, and then uh, yet again, I go, but I will. (laughs) <laughs> yes know? yeah yeah but I'll, i i'm going to but let me tell you all the things i'm gonna do yeah um and i feel like that question is so illustrative of like what the objective opinion of the system is mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then the subjective efforts inside yeah. yeah well and i think it's if ryan were to ask me that same question him being an educator, mm-hmm. yeah, I would not have been as angry as you, Bridger, asking me that yeah. question. I know you um, are in education, but in the public schools type yeah, of education, primary education. yes, primary, yeah. yes, um, I would have had the same response, but mm-hmm. at different levels. Well, yeah, um, you would have probably talked to Ryan from a like, well, yeah, other yeah. people have that opinion, but you know. Mm-hmm. what it's like like yeah, it'd it's, be from that kinship almost perspective yeah it's such an interesting uh question because it's like when it's i i feel the othered mm-hmm. like you were describing i'm just like how dare you mm-hmm. right like would you like to follow me around i haven't eaten oh. lunch in a week yeah right like and i do twenty five thousand steps a day and i deal i dealt with this and this and this and I'm getting subpoenaed to court next week. Did you know that? Right. Would you like to come and sit in for my subpoena, please? And yeah. what it feels like is this objectification of like, you're part of the problem and you must be lazy. I mean, that's what I, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. If you just work a little harder, good grief. I mean, June, July, and August. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, right. You get because you don't do anything off. then. Right. And get three months off. And so there's that experience of just like feeling this perpetual uh, just misunderstanding of what is going on inside the school building. And then there's this experience of like, no, all we do, all I did as an administrator and as a math teacher was talk about the fact that we're not serving the kids well enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were talking about all the time. Yeah. And so it's like, well, yeah, but I'm part of the solution. So why, like, I don't, I don't get it why you're asking me. Right. Like if we had the time that we discuss about, guys, we're not doing a good enough job here. How can we fix that? If we didn't have to have those discussions, can you imagine (laughs) the leaps forward that we would be making? Mm -hmm. It's like, we know. Yeah. Gosh, do we know? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think both of you have degrees in which you've talked a lot about this issue. Yes. Yes. 
And I feel like that's important, like to note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because that is a central like recognition with also a commitment to the solution, mm-hmm. not a dejected, like, you know, nope, that's not what it is. Or yep, it is. And that's why I'm out. But because it's actually central to the commitment yeah. you're making each day mm-hmm. or that you made each day. Yeah. Yeah. And I know so many people that made the same commitment. Yeah. And I have come to a new level of understanding that is that the strategies that I saw and labeled as not making that commitment Mm -hmm. were adaptations and strategies that they needed in order to meet some other subjective experience of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, um, you know, this, they're, you know, from a quote from one of our trainings is no heroes and no villains. That's and right. What a different construct mm-hmm. to consider all of the names and faces. And I, I have hundreds of virtual others of the people that I directly supervised and the people that I worked really closely with and to see them and to be able to look at them through this lens, the subjective yeah. lens yeah, is so different. Yeah. It's such yeah. a, Oh, it's wild. It's quite humbling. Yeah. Yeah. And so just to bounce back to like when we ask this question of people, um, I am going to be honest with you. I'm very excited to hear their responses. Mm -hmm. I'm also a little scared Mm -hmm. because of the amount of feelings Mm -hmm. that erupted in me and still are, Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's so important to talk about. Yes. Yeah. But I am like, whew, nervous. Get ready. Mm-hmm. You know, um, where, what I'm really excited for is where we can go with their responses. Yeah. And how validating we can be to them. Yes. In the way of, yeah. Yes. We yes. hear you. Mm-hmm. And, and giving them that answer that is not, um, you know, because I'm seeing you this way and because I don't know, and then I'm going to label it. Or, but instead saying, yeah, I see you and your feelings. Yes. Let's talk about them. Yeah. Yes. And not meeting them with you should, mm-hmm. or if you would then. Yeah. Right. N- none of that posture. No. Just a, I see why you would feel that way. Yeah. And I think that just hits on another huge component to this podcast, which is we are not here to tell people how to be. Mm-hmm. We are not here to tell them what to be mm-hmm. or how to live. Yeah. We are here to see human beings that happen to participate in the same community, which is education. Yeah. And just give them the validation of, please share. Mm -hmm. Because we would love to hear you. Yeah. And with that, then allowing so many more people to hear them. Yes. Right. And then leading to the way we will Mm -hmm. help children. Yes. With Mm -hmm. Patreon. Yes. So... This um, opportunity for this podcast unfolded in a very curious context Mm. in that 
you know, Ryan, you are the executive director of Beyond Healing, yeah, which is a therapy practice and training institute. Mm-hmm. And so, what a what a place for something like this to originate from, because available to us, we have truly just an abundance of resources. Mm-hmm. And it's been- Yes. Overwhelming. Yes. And so I'd love to talk about that a little bit uh-huh. as we transition into talking about yes. the second pillar, so to speak, of this podcast, which is helping children. Mm-hmm. Yes. And not just in ways of here's a donation or a scholarship. Right. But what it's actually going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that my, my desire is that you, the listener, have this opportunity to come in connection and just feel what's felt in this room. I know I have that experience in podcasts sometimes where it's just like, oh, the fact that you were able to talk about that and just like I hear your story and I see your humanness there gives me a feeling about my humanness. Mm-hmm. That is, I, I, I desire that connection with you, the listener. And that, but that's not going to be nearly as tangible as something like what, like this. Right. Um, you know, where we, we have just right here, right in our center, 16 therapists Yeah, that are literally right here that come to work every single day and are serving people in the ways that we're talking about, yes. seeing them yes. in their subjectivity, offering them long-term therapy right. Right. that meets with and revolutionizes the lives of the individuals that we're serving. Yes. Mm-hmm. Highly trained individuals committed to yes. this type of therapy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Where we see them not as the label that somebody's given them or not as, um, as somebody that is uh, a, a problem or a challenge that needs to be fixed, mm-hmm. but we meet them exactly where they are and invite them to find their own subjectivity. Yes. And then honor the hell out of it. Yes. yes. And I have seen such revolution, <laughs> revolutionary change in people mm. through my seat for just a year and a half as the executive director of Beyond Healing, and I don't necessarily have that direct client care yeah. every day. Um, and so in this idea of like, yes, I want to see, I want to see the educators that live in, inside schools, but I also think that this is going to be a platform where maybe we could do something that could directly reach students. And I mean, good grief, what is, you know, one of the one things that sitting in education, it's like, man, if we just had more resources for mental health preach if we could just help that family with some counseling my gosh i know it would go so far because i just felt as an administrator like i don't have yeah. the the ability to meet this family and this kiddo where they're at and yeah. what they need and i remember even before really we started talking about this idea you would talk about these stories that you have personally mm-hmm. of kids that you knew or families that you knew that yeah. you were just so um saddened mm-hmm. absolutely by their state of being mm-hmm. yes and so also kind of guilty that you no longer had influence yeah in that in that way mm-hmm. of to provide olivia what you were just talking about yes. with that student like a moment of connection right that could that might mm-hmm. lead to more mm-hmm. hope yeah and change potentially mm-hmm. and so that i feel like was in the background stirring yes which is what led to this idea yeah so um uh, Essentially, Burnout Educator wants to fund 100% scholarship for kiddos to receive therapy in this model 
yes. where we are seeing and recognizing the students in the way that we're talking and even more profoundly than what we're talking about in this context. Yes. Somatic integration and processing is something that is so profoundly important uh, for the way that we as Beyond Healing and growing Beyond Healing Network to reach cities all across the United States. Yes. All across the world. And all across the world. Yes. Um, to support 100% scholarship funded therapy yes. for students in those communities in right. Springfield, Missouri and everywhere. Yes. And not just eight or 10 sessions, you know, no, no band-aids, um, you know, just to, just for symptom reduction or and anything. And to say, like well, at least we serviced yeah. this many right. kids. At least we got them in connection with a resource. Right. We got them 10 sessions. Yeah. Right. No. no. We, we want to offer 25 sessions minimum, maybe more. If, if it's needed, we want more. That's right. We want to offer that to students and families in public schools and pay the therapist their full rate. That's right. Because yes. what I'm... What I'm, what I'm experiencing in coming in interaction with all of these therapists through these trainings that we're doing is they get objectified too. Oh my goodness. Do they get objectified? Get, therapists get objectified as well. And they feel like they have to show up and carry the sword and be the mm -hmm. answer. Give me the answer that solves all my problems, please, because you're the therapist and that's what I need. Right. Yeah. And they get to this state of burnout as well. Oh my gosh. And... I know that paying them their full rate for their session is not the only way to get them there uh, to, you know, to avoid burnout. But what we're teaching therapists in somatic integration and processing supports them to be the subject mm -hmm. like we're discussing in this podcast now. Yes. And when you don't have that conflict of object subject in the ways that we're describing as a therapist, as a teacher, as an educator, hey, as a parent, as a human. As a human? You do the best work. Absolutely. Yes. And you feel the best. Yes. And I was talking about this idea um, with a um, consultee of mine in therapy. Uh, there's a structure that exists wherein we, we provide uh, kind of theory direction and, and further education for therapists. And in one of these meetings, I was talking about this idea. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, this is what we're doing and they, they already work with kids in the school system. And so yeah. I was just like talking about this with uh -huh. them and they literally said to me, Oh, you know, like I don't have any more, uh, pro bono spots or any more, um, sliding scale spots, but I'll tell my friends mm -hmm. that do. And so we could maybe uh -huh. see some of these kids. And I said, no, we're going to pay for your asking rate. Yes. Yes. And they had to hear the whole thing over again. They literally asked me to wow. start over. They were like, okay, wait, what? Can you start? So hold on. I did not understand. Like I, like they told right. me basically that yes. as soon as I started talking, they tuned it out. Right. Because they were like, well, I don't see. I don't you're going to ask me for, to do more for less. For free. Yeah. Yes. That's what you're going to say because yes. that's what model exists currently. Correct. Is sliding scale or completely free mm -hmm. therapy from the point of view of the therapist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she had tuned me out. She said, you know, well, Bridger, like, I love this idea. Like, I'll definitely follow the podcast and I'll share it with my friends. I don't have any more pro bono or sliding scale spots. And so I can't see any of these kids, but I'd mm -hmm. love to share the resource. And I, that's when I was like, no, no, yeah, you're asking, right? Yes. You would get right. 25 guaranteed sessions. We will yes. support you. Yes. In doing this. And, and she's just like, is this going now? Like, <laughs> you know, like such an, an amazing shift yes. yeah. in an instant. 
is this happening now? Because I have kids right now that I can't see right? because they can't afford it. Yes. Right. And I can't give them any more right? allowances. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yes, this is, this is the real thing. Yes. This is the real thing. And a, and a model that can be sustained by you, the listener. And I know that we'll have moms and dads and therapists and bus drivers and teachers and administrators and paraprofessionals and everybody from all over the spectrum listening to this podcast. And I want to invite you to support that in any way Mm -hmm. that you feel like you can. And we have a Patreon page and we're utilizing Patreon as a, as a, as a resource to be able to get access out so that there's easy yeah. Um, you know, just, and it's an easy interface. You know, it's one that we're familiar with and it's one that many out there listening to podcasts are familiar with, but at the bottom, at the first tier, at the first tier, you have the opportunity to support one session a year with just a $10 a month donation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you commit to $10 a month and that's one session per year for a kid. Yes. And so this is just on Patreon. It's on patreon.com slash burnt out educator patreon.com slash burnt out educator yes are you writing that down for you no it's for me because when we first originally started talking about this i was like i don't know what patreon is sure there are gosh at least five conversations i can bring up in my head right now between bridger and i like patreon you keep saying this word like i know what it means right (laughs) yes and that comes from somebody i mean i've listened to podcasts but i'm not right like deep into podcasts right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so and i think that's a great point like we're overly saturated in this because we do it literally every day but patreon um is a podcast uh well really a content creation platform that supports creators in their uh like creating of whatever they're putting out there their venture yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and it is a tier-based kind of donation platform Mm -hmm. that you can log in and sign up as a podcast listener as a content like uh, mm-hmm. consumer okay and find your uh content producers that you're that you so love and find these different tiers that they've put yes. together themselves um that are usually assigned like different dollar amounts mm-hmm. gotcha and based on that you the listener usually get like things in return like you yeah. get a sticker here or maybe bonus content here or a t-shirt mm-hmm. or at, you know in a, a private event where you'll get to meet the podcasters mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. and so we already have many podcasts on that platform that are giving resources per donation mm-hmm. yes and so that's where this idea of well maybe we could like retrofit this thing mm-hmm. to not just give the listener back something, but to actually pass it forward, pass it forward. Yes. So that's where these tiers come from that we're getting ready to describe is they would normally like you would pay $10 a month and maybe get access to an extra episode and a t-shirt and a bumper sticker. Okay. Instead we're doing $10 a month and you will, that money will go to supporting one session. Yes. And 100% of the proceeds that we receive from this Patreon page will go directly into a checking account that is titled Burnout Educator. That's amazing. And checks will be dr- cut directly to therapists in the Beyond Healing Network. Yes. I think that's one of the biggest things for me because you hear so often of things like, you know, this amount of our proceeds mm-hmm. go to, and you always sit there and like, I know people need to, I guess, be paid eventually, but like, why can't they give more? Because... Yes. That's what I really want it to go to. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really want it to go to the actual cause. Right. Yeah. And I just, I love the 100% mm-hmm. 
is going to the actual cost. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so as the listener, you have the opportunity to, at that amount, know that you're supporting one session a year. Yeah. And we're wanting to provide 25 for each kid. Yes. That we, that we get to actually scholarship. Yeah. And so there's the next tier up. Mm-hmm. which is $30 a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At $30 a month, you get to know that you're supporting three sessions a year mm-hmm. for kids. The next one up from that, $50 a month, you're supporting six sessions a year. Yeah. Next one up from that, $100 a month, you're supporting 12, 12 sessions, sessions a year. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we also have something that we call a committed partner, yeah. which is really even if you can't support one session a year, that $10 a month, Mm -hmm. we still want you to be able to donate whatever you can. Even if it's just once a dollar, Yeah, Yeah. you can have a dollar a month or you can have, you know, I've got $100 one time or Mm -hmm. I've got whatever, literally any amount. It's an unspecified amount. Yes. You get to decide what amount that is. Mm -hmm. And so from there you get to know that you are in some way supporting this vision. And it, um, for those out there that I know, are thinking in terms of the at the end of the year donation mm-hmm. it is not a nonprofit, and so it's important yeah. to put that out there because it's not going to get any type of tax credit yes but that's not the point right <laughs> that is not the point um the point is to be able to support kids, kids. and to support therapists and yes. offering these services mm-hmm. for children that yeah. desperately need it yes absolutely and i, I think of that story that is like on posters all over the place where the man is like walking down the seashore, throwing starfish back into the ocean. You know, the one I'm talking about. Yes. Mm -hmm. And somebody asked, why are you doing that? There's no way you could ever save all the starfish, you know? And, um, he's like, all right, it doesn't make any difference. You know? And he says, well, it made a difference to that one. Right. You know? And to me, that's it. That's where we start. Yes. Yes. And I don't know how much, you know, we'll raise in 22. I don't know. You know, there's no way to know. There's just no way to know. But what I know is that supporting kids and having these types of committed connections yes, and what the healing that can come and then what that can do for them and the rest of their lives is something that can be so incredibly powerful. Unbelievable. And we are committed to that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And would love every single one of you listeners Mm -hmm. and to join us. Yeah, absolutely. And so I would invite you to reach out to us. Join us at patreon.com slash burnout educator. Check out beyondhealingcenter.com, you know, where the Beyond Healing Network and uh, Beyond Healing Media has, it has all originated. Lives there. Yes. yes. Uh, reach out to us at contact at burnouteducator.com or uh, just find us any by any means necessary. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. I mean, we want to connect with you, the listener, and we're so grateful to have had this opportunity to share episode zero with you. Yes, thank yeah. you all. Welcome. Thank you. The Burnout Educator is pleased to partner with Beyond Healing Center in providing therapy services to children and their families who couldn't otherwise afford it. But we need your help to do that. For as little as $10 a month, you could help a child or family in need find the help that they deserve. Go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash burntouteducator and select the contribution that's right for you. Anything helps and all is appreciated. Thank you and we look forward to partnering with you. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and that you got to see a piece of yourself in the story you heard today. If you want to stay connected with the Burnout Educator podcast, please subscribe.
The Burnout Educator is a product of Beyond Healing Media. Our filmographer is Tyler Wassum. Our creative team is Jen Savage, Caleb Boston, and Jamie Eggert. Production and original music by our executive creative director, Bridger Falkenstein. Original artwork by our co-host, Olivia Willoughby. A special thanks to today's interviewee and the entire Beyond Healing team. Until next time, this is Ryan Savage, the Burnout Educator.